Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hayo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. One Silver. Let's go, big fella. Are you still there? Carl Lubeck, to all appearances, was a pleasant, inoffensive man whose saddle shop in Rockville did a thriving business. His rather stooped figure, cherubic face, and gold-rimmed spectacles completed the picture of a meek and friendly man intent upon pleasing his customers and getting along with his fellow townsmen. Ah, good morning, Sheriff, good morning. Morning, Carl. Came in to get a new stirrup strap. A stirrup strap, yeah, yeah. Have it for you in the chiffy. Carl, someday I'm going to buy one of those hand tool saddles from you. Sure are mighty pretty. Ah, yeah, they're none finer. Best of leather, Sheriff, and fine workmanship. Uh Uh-huh. Mighty expensive, I reckon. Oh, <laughs> for you, I'll make a special price when you're ready to buy. Hmm? Here. Here's the stirrup straps. Good. Oh, just charge it, Carl. Leave and wrap it. Yeah, just as you say, Sheriff. I, uh, I heard about the stage robbery late yesterday. Did you catch the outlaws? No. 
Must be the same gang that's been operating around here for the last few months. Reckon the leader's plenty smart. He and that gang of his have me and my men running in circles. Hate to admit it, but doggone it, everybody can see that we're getting no place in our efforts to catch him. Oh, that's too bad, Sheriff. But you must not be discouraged. We all know you're doing your best, sure. Well, thanks, Carl. Wish other folks in town felt the same way. But maybe things will change after I get the help I'm expecting. Ah, and what help is that? Ever hear of an hombre called the Lone Ranger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of him many times. He's the one who rides the big white stallion and wears the mask. That's right. Well, I requested help from the United States Marshal in Pecos. Just had word that the Lone Ranger and his Indian friend are heading this way. By thunder, if anyone can find that gang, those armies are the men to do it. Yeah, they're said to be very clever. Uh-huh. Uh, when do you expect them to get here? Late this afternoon. Well, uh, thanks for the stirrup strap. Be seeing you again, Carl. Along. Goodbye, Sheriff. Come in again. A short time after the sheriff left, Carl entered the workroom behind the shop and spoke to a man who was half-heartedly scraping hides. Sigger, guide to the hideout. Tell the men to meet here in the workroom at noon. Tell them to cover their tracks well, not to come together. All right, Carl, what's up? You'll find out when I talk to the others. Now hurry, it's most important. Right, I'll leave right away. At noon, Digger and five other men stood waiting in the rear workroom. After locking the saddle shop entrance door for the lunch hour, Carl joined them. His appearance had changed radically. There was no longer any evidence of a stoop. The spectacles were removed, and the usually pleasant expression had given way to one of hardness. Carl waved his hand for silence, then spoke. I've learned something of much importance, my friends. That's why I've sent for you. It's kind of risky having us leave the hideout so soon after a robbery, Carl. Do you think I had to come here just to look at you, Sam? No. It's because the gang is in danger, my friend. Great danger. Uh, what do you mean, Carl? The sheriff and his men are about ready to give up. I talked to the sheriff this morning, and he's going to have help. Special help. Oh, we covered our trail well, Carl. Let him get all the help he wants. Yeah, as usual, Digger. You say nothing when you talk. You've all heard of the Lone Ranger, nicht wahr? Yeah. Now, wait a minute, Carl. Is that the special help the sheriff's getting? Is that masked man coming here to Rockville? Yes. The sheriff himself told me. Well, that's not good. Yeah, maybe we better leave this territory right away. Leaving would do no good, Digger. If he finds the gang's trail, he'll follow it, no matter where you go. What are you going to do, Carl? Thought all morning of what I should do, my friend. And I've decided we must see that the masked man and his friend do not arrive. You mean uh, wait along the trail and ambush him? No, there'd be the risk that one or the other would escape such a trap. Remember, they're clever. And what do you plan to do? They're riding from Pecos, and are expected to arrive late this afternoon. Now, the trail follows a slope up to a flat mesa, about a mile long. Yeah, yeah, I know the place, about three miles from town. The mesa has a gorge to the left where the river runs through. To the right's a sheer cliff. Yeah. Now, half the gang will wait in hiding near the far end of the mesa. The rest of you men will be at the other end. Uh, what'll we be doing? Watch for the masked man and the Indian. After they reach the mesa, quickly set fire to the dry brush. At the other end of the mesa, 
We'll watch for the smoke. Then we too will start fires. They'll be trapped between the fires. And no one will ever know what happened to them. Those fires will have to catch mighty quick. We'll take cans of oil with us to make sure, Digger. <laughs> this dry season is just right for such fires. Hey, I think it'll work. If they try to ride from either end of the mesa, we can be ready to gun them. Yeah, yeah, but I prefer that they die in the fire and leave no trace. I'll meet you all at the hideout in time to ride with you. Late that afternoon, the Lone Ranger and Tonto rode leisurely along the trail toward Rockville. As they went up the steep slope to the mesa, the slight breeze blowing from behind them prevented any scent of men or horses in hiding, reaching the sensitive nostrils of Silver and Scout. Tonto was saying, This high mesa, not far from Rockville, Kimasabi. It may be three miles. That's right. We'll be in town about dusk. It's strange sheriff never get line on gang, Kimasabi. Well, the gang operating in this territory must have a very clever leader, Toto. From the report given by the marshal, the leader is someone who knows just when to strike, as well as every move the sheriff makes. Gang must keep spy in town. Either that or someone in town is actually leading that gang. After I talk to the sheriff, we'll try to think of some plan to bring the gang into the open. Come on, sir. Come up, scout. Near the approach to the mesa, part of the gang waited in hiding behind large boulders, well back from the trail, and watched for the masked man and Indian. Finally, Sam signaled for silence. Well, quiet, everybody. I hear hoofbeats. Look, there they go. We'll wait a few minutes, then light the torches and touch them to the brush where we sprinkle the coal oil. Now, let's get ready. All right. At the far end of the mesa, Carl Lubeck waited with the rest of the men and watched expectantly for the rising smoke, which would indicate that the masked man and Indian were on the mesa and that the fire had been started behind them. As they waited, Digger was saying... When we see the smoke and then start the fire at this end, I sure hope it blazes up right off, Carl. I wouldn't want to be here waiting and have that masked man and Indian come galloping along shooting hot lead at us. Don't worry, Digger. We'll have plenty of time to get this fire started after we see the smoke. The coal oil has been spread over a large space. And once we put the torches to it, the fire will be raging in a matter of minutes. What if they spot the other men when the Lone Ranger and his friends start up the slope toward the mesa? If they do, it'll mean plenty of trouble, Carl. Sam knows enough to keep the men out of sight, Digger. And I said... Look, I see a column of black smoke. The fire at the other end has been started. That means a masked man and Indian are up on the mesa and heading this way. That's right. Light your torches. We'll start the fire here. Hurry! The Lone Ranger and Tonto had ridden about a quarter of a mile when... What's the matter, Silver? Steady boy. We smell smoke. Maybe that's why Silver winning. Yes, I see the smoke behind us, Tonto. And look. Look through trees, Kimasabi. Me see lots of black smoke rising. 
We not see fire anywhere when we come up slope. That's strange. The brush and trees up here are thick and dry. It would take no time for a small fire to turn into a blazing inferno. Ah. Kimasabi, look back yonder. Me see flames now. You better get off this, Mesa. Let's go. Let's go. The two men had gone only a short distance when they saw thick smoke ahead of them, and a few minutes later, flames were visible. Oh, sir, oh, oh, easy. Oh, oh. the brush and trees ahead and behind us are blazing. Easy, fella, easy. Steady, fella, steady, fella. And we trapped on Mesa Kimasabi. Flames come from both directions. What we do? We can't go back. It's easy to see. We can't get through ahead. Tunnel, there's a gorge on the left. The river flows through. It's our only chance. Uh-huh. It big drop down to water. And if river not deep enough... The gorge we... is narrow. The water is usually deep there. We'll have to chance it. All right, let's go. Turning from the trail, the masked man and Indian headed toward the rim of the gorge. By that time, the walls of flame were closing in from either direction. And there was no further time for hesitation. There's the gorge, Tato. Much too wide for the horses to jump it. We'll have a 50-foot drop into the water. Uh-huh. Oh, easy, oh, easy, easy, All right, Silver. Jump, fella. Jump, Silver. Jump, jump, jump. They've come to the top and they're swimming. Hurry, Tonto. Come on, dive! While the two men and their horses struggled in the rapids down in the gorge, the two walls of fire closed together on the mesa. Later, the outlaws gathered in a canyon on the opposite side of the mesa. The two fires have met up on the mesa. The masked men and Indian are done for. Sure. At our end, we waited till we were sure they couldn't turn back. And we waited to be sure they didn't get through to our side. Now we know they're victims of the fire. And we're the only ones who will ever know what happened to the lone ranger and his Indian friend. <laughs> now we go back and continue our operations without interference from that masked man. Let's go. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
to continue. Meanwhile, the Lone Ranger and Toto with their horses had fortunately negotiated the 50-foot drop into the water in the gorge without injury. After a struggle against the strong current, the two men managed to reach their horses and direct them through the rapids to a rocky beach just beyond one end of the gorge. Good work, Silver. Good work, boy. You do plenty good work, Scout. Plenty good work. Toto... Soon as we're rested, we'll find a place to make camp and get dry. Uh, me wonder about fires, Kimasabi. I'm sure they were purposely set, Tonto. Somehow the leader of that gang must have learned we were expected. Took that means to get rid of us. And him almost do it. In a way, I'm glad it happened. The gang thinks we're dead. They'll continue to operate as before. Also, it may give us a line on the gang's leader. How it, how it do that? I'll tell you after we talk to the sheriff. By the time the Lone Ranger and Tonto had found a campsite and dried their clothing before a big campfire, darkness had fallen. They left camp and continued toward town. Uh, what we do now, Kimasabi? We'll go straight to the sheriff's office on the back trail. I don't want it known that we're still alive. Oh, that's right. After I get certain information from him, I'll make plans to move against the outlaw gang. Come on, Silver. Later, the sheriff started from his chair in surprise as a masked man suddenly entered the back door of his office. Hey, what? Reach and don't try it. Wait, wait a minute. You must be the Lone Ranger. That's right. I didn't mean to startle you, Sheriff. Well, I was expecting you. Thought you'd get here earlier, though. We almost didn't get here at all. What do you mean? Briefly, the Lone Ranger told what had happened on the mesa. When he finished, the sheriff remarked, Folks saw that fire from the edge of town. We wondered how it got started. We were mighty thankful it wasn't closer. You really think it was started on purpose, huh? Yes, definitely. Well, that gang must have found out you were coming here. How many people knew we were expected, Sheriff? Very few, just me and the deputy. Oh, I mentioned it to Clem Bleeker, owner of the livery stable and stage line. He was ratting around about the stage robbery and all. So I told him you were coming. Hmm. Those are the only people who knew? Uh-huh. I told Bleeker to keep quiet about it. I know he... Oh, wait a minute. I did mention it to Carl Lubeck, who runs the saddle and leather shop. But Carl's a meek, pleasant armory who minds his own business and doesn't do any blabbing. I see. One owns a livery stable and the other the leather and saddle shop. Yeah. It gives me an idea, Sheriff, that might bring the leader of his gang into the open. Say... You don't think either Bleeker or Lubeck has anything to do with that gang, do you? I don't know. I'm going to make sure. But don't talk to anyone else about this matter. Now, uh, here's the idea I have in mind. The Lone Ranger and Tonto rode to the edge of town after the masked man's talk with the sheriff. There, the Lone Ranger carefully disguised his features and using a suit he had borrowed from the sheriff, changed from his usual clothes. When he was finished, he looked like a businessman. Then, leaving Tonto, he walked into town and went first to the livery stable office. Good evening. Hello, stranger. What can I do for you? 
I'm figuring to hire a buckboard and a fast team. You have to go to Milton just after dawn. I uh, got a stage leaving at dawn and goes through there, and you could get the afternoon stage back, mister. Sorry, but I don't hanker to lose a certain valuable satchel I'll be taking with me. I've heard about the stage robberies in this territory. Hmm. Well, still kind of risky carrying anything valuable by buckboard alone, mister. Well, not going alone. The sheriff is sending the deputy with me as guard. Say, you must be from the Milton Mining Company. They sent word they wasn't going to use my stage to carry their payroll anymore. Maybe I am. Anyway, I'll leave a deposit to cover the buckboard and team. Just as you say, mister. I'll have a couple of good horses and the buckboard ready for you early in the morning. You can pay me the rest then. Thanks. I'll see you right after dawn. A short time later, the Lone Ranger entered Carl Lubeck's shop. Good evening. What can I do for you? I want a strong leather satchel with a lock on it. Something to hold valuables. Uh, like a payroll, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have just what it is that you need. Here's a strong satchel, my friend. And the lock is very good. Fine cowhide. The best. Reckon that'll do. How much? Twenty dollars. Good enough. Here you are. Oh. <laughs> you should carry a roll of bills like that in the satchel instead of in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to what that satchel will hold when I leave here in the morning. Oh, you're leaving on the stage, hmm? No, going to Milton by buckboard. Well, reckon I'll get along now and get some sleep. Gotta get on the trail right after dawn. So long, mister. Good night, my friends. Come in again. After the Lone Ranger left the shop, Carl went into the workroom to speak to Digger. Digger, I have something for you to do. Yeah, what? Ride to the hideout. Tell the men to meet me at dawn at Pointed Rock, out on the Milton Trail. Right. Just after dawn the following morning, the Lone Ranger, still wearing the disguise, drove the buckboard along the Milton Trail. The deputy beside him was saying, Sheriff and a posse are following us a short distance back. Your engine friend is with him and he's bringing your horse. Good. I hope my plan brings the gang out. I hope so, too. But I doubt it, mister. Either Bleakin or Lubeck are ones to blab, so the gang's not liable to hear about it. We all know neither Bleak and Lubeck are connected with the gang in any way. Well, one never knows. If the gang does appear, I'll stop the buckboard and we'll raise our hands at once. No use risking a bullet at first. Uh, when the posse moves in, then we'll do our part. Just as you say, mister. Get up there. Come on, get up. Meantime, Carl and his men waited behind the big boulders along the trail at Pointed Rock. They all wore bandanas as face masks in anticipation of the holdup. I'm sure the stranger is carrying a large amount of cash. It'll be easy to take it from him. It's funny the way folks blab all their business to you, Carl. <laughs> they think of me as a meek and harmless shopkeeper, my friend. <laughs> Up, listen, I think he's coming. Yeah, that's him all right. Good, good. Have your faces masked, your guns ready. Steady, steady. Let's go. Get up. As 
The outlaws rode out in front of the buckboard, firing shots over the heads of the deputy and the masked man. The Lone Ranger quickly pulled to a stop. Oh, hold there, hold. Deputy, raise your hands quickly. Right. As the outlaws stopped beside the buckboard, the Lone Ranger looked them over searchingly. Carl, without his gold spectacles and with a hat and bandana mask, wasn't immediately recognizable. Also, he was wise enough to let Sam do the talking. All right, mister, we want that satchel you have there. We have both of you covered. Now throw it to the ground and don't make any false moves. Great day. I thought I'd be safe from you outlaws if I brought that payroll by buckboard. Payroll, eh? Well, that's luck. Throw it here. You reckon there's nothing else to do? There it is. Watch him, man. Easy. All right, I got it. Keep reaching while we get your guns. Boss, you're on the driver's side. We'll keep him covered. You get his gun, I'll take the deputy. Carl Lubeck, still silent, moved his horse close beside the buckboard on the driver's side. Then he reached out to take the Lone Ranger's guns. As he did so, the Lone Ranger's hands flashed downward. He twisted Carl's arm with one hand and drew a gun with the other. He quickly stuck the gun against Carl's ribs, saying... He called you, boss. You tell him to drop the guns or I'll kill you. Shoot him, he's got my arm. Hey, look, a posse. Hey. No. The gang turned their attention to the oncoming posse, leaving Carl at the mercy of the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger suddenly brought the butt of his gun down onto the gang leader's head. You can't bother with you now. Drawing his other gun, the Lone Ranger turned on the outlaws, aided by the deputy. Hey, let's get away from here. You're not leaving. The gang, half of them wounded, found themselves trapped between the guns of the posse and those of the Lone Ranger and the deputy. Within a few moments, realizing that further resistance was hopeless and escape cut off, they surrendered. We give up! We drop our guns! I thunder your plan worked, mister. Yes. The man on the ground here beside the buckboard is the leader. Uh, let's get that bandana off his face. Jumping catfish. That's Carl Lubeck. Hey, he had us all fooled. What? What happened? The I... game's up, Lubeck. Thanks to this armory, we trapped you and your gang. I'm sure you'll have no difficulty getting plenty of evidence against him for other crimes, Sheriff. But... His men will squeal to save their own necks. His voice, it's not the same. It's a voice you didn't expect anyone ever to hear again, Lubeck. You must have been the one who planned to trap him and his Indian friend up on the mesa late yesterday. But I, I don't understand. Holy cat, you mean to say they're still alive? Ah, uh, we plenty alive. You not wounded, me show you with fists. The law will deal with them, Toto. We'll leave them in the hands of the sheriff. Their capture clears Mr. Bleeker of any connection with the outlaw gang. That's right, it does. Of course, he had no idea he was suspected, and neither did anyone else, so no harm's done. Well, Toto and I'll leave now, sheriff. We'll come this way again sometime. Adios, everybody. Goodbye, mister. But, but that man, I, I still can't believe he is the He's one He's the that... one you tried to kill, all right. He disguised his real features so he wouldn't have to wear his mask. <laughs> That's how he fooled you. So that was it. Yep. Let me tell you something, Lubeck. You may have outsmarted everybody in town, including me. But I don't expect to live to see the day when any crook will ever outsmart the Lone Ranger. No, sir.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Brace Beamer.